How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? Not bad, man. Not doing too bad, considering, uh, you know, what we had to watch yesterday. So oh, um, uh, um, I'm not too upset about it. I'm trying to look at a macro view instead of a micro view. So six and two. You know, three and one in the first quarter, quarter. I know there's 17 games now, but first quarter, three and three and one in the second quarter. Really, you know, hard to complain when, you know, if we would have lost the game with Cooper Rush and then won this one, I don't think anybody even, you know, would have shrugged a shoulder. But uh, losing the game that everybody going in thought we were just going to win, you know, it, it makes it difficult. Yeah, that was kind of the old, uh, the Cowboys returning to their old ways where they think they're just going to roll their helmets out on the field and, and get by. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's something we'll, we'll definitely discuss, you know, my feelings about why this happened during the pod 100%. You know, something I hadn't thought about uh, Mike, but and shout out to Tony, I believe it's Tony Catalina there on Twitter. He uh, you know, he wrote a piece about 10 things he, he saw in the game and I hadn't never thought about this, but, that was Dak went about three weeks without taking a snap. So, you know, that's that, that played a big part in yesterday, obviously. Yeah, they had um, there. They I list all the Dallas Cowboys podcasts, you know, and I'm not going to single out, you know, who it is and everything. But, man, there was some bad takes on there after like some just just bad stuff they were saying after a loss. And, and, and you know, for for the people that said it, they they weren't like they were people that have played football so mm-hmm. it was like uh frustrating to hear because it's like nah you know better than that you're you're a player you know you you know that 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 you know stuff happens you know and right. so it just it, it frustrated me that you know like one wouldn't wouldn't we'll talk about it in the pod you know it's like the first questions about dax rust so right Going into it early makes no sense. I'll I'll wait on it. But yeah, that, that there was some frustrating takes. I know, you know, people are upset. They waited all week and they thought they were having an easy game and then mm-hmm. we get killed and it's frustrating. But, you know, it doesn't mean we have to be hot take machines on here either, especially them. I get ESPN and FS1 shows doing that, you know, oh, finally they lost. We could jump on them. But, you know, we're supposed to be better than that. Us you know, a 40, uh, uh, I'm not saying these had any of those, right, right, right. The ones that I, you know, talking Cowboys, uh, 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 the break, um, players around lounge, hanging with the boys, A to Z, uh, the A to Z shows, you know, Mauricio and them, like I go to them for the real deal. And some in that grouping that I put had some like yike stuff. So, well, you know, thankfully Mike, we can go to Twitter and after a loss like that, that people aren't, aren't uh, having knee jerk reactions or they're being logical. So it's nice that we at least have that space, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the man. I had one just like, like this team's not going to win shit in the playoffs. And I'm like, Oh really? This, this week nine Denver game, huh? Just, just told you that over all the other games they've played. This one's the one that was like, this one was what team's going to show up in the playoffs. It just, yeah. yeah. Yesterday confirmed that we should not have signed Dax to that four-year deal, Mike. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, we uh, we outscored uh, we scored more points with Cooper Rush in the game than Dak this week. So clearly, we should have just went with the hot hand, Cooper Rush. Hey, system quarterback, man. Yeah, punch me in the face. That's <laughs> punch me in the face. I would rather be the the size of myself in that picture I kept putting up last week <laughs> than be somebody that has a take like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mike, speaking of takes, of course, uh, I've already mentioned Twitter. Remind the people they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys, nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Mike, I know we, we discussed this pre-roll, but before we get started on our football discussion, one topic must be discussed first. I assume today's meal might be lacking the usual zeal we're all accustomed to, but for conversation's sake, I'll ask anyway. Uh, Mike, what was on the meatless menu Monday today? You uh, you just love flaunting my failures in my face. <laughs> I told you I butchered it. The first first friggin' meal was breakfast, and I'm like, I can't have dairy. I'm a little congested. I get bronchitis a couple times a year. And so I was looking for something to eat, and I was like, you know what? I'll just make some bacon and eggs. No big deal. Got done eating. It was like, oh, shit, it's meatless Monday. So then I was just like, ah, eh, F it. I'll just be Dallas against Denver and no show the meatless Monday day. So yeah, I totally biffed. I, I didn't, I didn't even have meatless Monday bacon first meal out seven 30 in the morning. Ah, one of those days. It, it wasn't none of that, uh, tofu bacon, right? Or, or turkey oh. bacon or beef bacon. It was the good stuff, right? Yes. I actually beef bacon is good. It's not good as pork bacon, but I don't put that. Turkey, tofu, that's bullshit. That's, you can get good beef bacon. Nothing's pork and nothing's yeah. that center cut, like good pork bacon. But, you know, beef bacon is acceptable. You know, my guy, uh, there for a while I wasn't eating pork, so I got accustomed to eating turkey bacon. And while it's still good, it's, it's obviously it's not, not as good as pork bacon. But, man, a couple of weeks ago I was making something I, and I had, you know, just kind of gotten into the habit of eating pork bacon again. And I had cooked pork bacon for the first time in a long time. And just the smell of it, man. I mean, it's night and day difference, dude. Oh, it is. I I, uh, I have – I used to make turkey bacon for my friend. He can't – he doesn't eat pork religious purposes. And Yeah, yeah. Like, I was just like, dude, I'm just not going to make, like, stuff with bacon in it because I can't I can't do it, man. The turkey bacon, it's not great. I don't love it. I, I love cooking, a uh, like, a, a fried egg or sunny-side-up egg and bacon grease. Yeah, you cooked the – that is that is how I made the, the breakfast this morning. I made the bacon, and then I dropped the eggs in, and then I wait, like, 30 seconds, and I stop – I tilt the pan – I start taking the hot bacon grease and just right over the top of the egg until the top's cooked. So, so you like yours, uh, your eggs, what, over easy, over medium, or what? I like mine over easy. Typically, I would flip the egg, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, sunny side up works. I love poached. Um, really, you can't, I mean, I'll eat a hard egg. Oh, like, yeah. If you don't want to, if, if like somebody doesn't like the runny yolk, I'll just cook them all hard. I don't care. Uh, I prefer the runny yolk, but... You could cook an egg pretty much any way for me. I've sous vide an egg. I've, I've done all of them. Oh, I'd like to try that. I've never, I haven't had anything sous vide, but a sous vide egg, I've never heard of that. Yeah, sous vide eggs, good. You make perfect, like, uh, if you want soft boiled, hard boiled, you know, if you want to get them just, uh, 
they, 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 if you do the temperatures right, they set them perfectly. Sous vide is precise cooking. Yeah. Weird thing about my wife is she hates eggs. It's like the perfect food. How do you hate eggs? Well, she likes egg whites, but for whatever reason, that she just doesn't like the yolk. It it trips me out about Guy Fieri with eggs. Like yeah, you know, literally right. like that is like they they consider it the perfect food because the protein in it and everything and and it has like all the essential proteins. I don't know the you know the words of my brain. We lost yesterday. My brain's in a little bit of a fog. Yeah. But um to be on a cooking show like the like main face you think of maybe him and Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. And you don't eat eggs, it just blows my mind. And it like grosses him out. Like he's disgusted by eggs. That that's crazy to me. Yeah, it is very strange. Well, you know, I'm sure our guy, our our guy Anthony, our old boss, is he's he's got his uh, his uh, arms up in the air, wanting us to get to our discussion tonight, Mike. Yeah, he he's ready. He's looking down, like, okay, guys, let's go. <laughs> All right. So you kind of touched on it, Mike. You know, was Dak rusty yesterday? Yeah, I mean, clearly he was. You, you could see with the first miss pass to Lamb wasn't really Dak's fault exactly. Lamb kind of held up while he was looking for the ball, so he wasn't running full under it. That's nobody's fault. It's a timing thing. That's part of rust. It's not just like Dak's rusty, but a timing thing between the receivers. And then the second time they went for it on fourth down where Cedric Wilson, the pass, we thought it was tipped. The pass just deaded into the ground, you know, Um he had the uh, the deep pass uh, after the Amari drop where Cooper spun on the guy and was just dead wide open and Dak missed him by 10 yards. I mean, he just biffed it. And, uh, and that was later in the game. So, you know, it's a combination of rust. And then, um, you know, you have to speed yourself up because of how the game's going. And then there's some issues with the offensive line. Then there's some issues with drops. But yeah, he clearly started the game off rusty and then and then the team just could never pick up from there. Yeah, and it was something that was interesting is that CD Lamb came out and said that practice this week wasn't real crisp, wasn't real sharp. And and what, what was interesting about that is that most of the other teammates were saying that this week was a good practice. So I just wonder, you know, what happened there if maybe him and Dak were just off sync, or maybe if if there was a lack of focus or what was going on, but I, I kind of found that interesting when, when I heard that. I figure with Lamb's ankle and with Dak's calf, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. they weren't going as much or as hard as they needed to, you know, because of uh, them being a little gimpy and uh, maybe they just saw the opponent as, ah, you know, they're not great. So, you know, they didn't, they, they were kind of taking it easy on their uh, practices. So, that could be why those two were like, yeah, it didn't seem like a great practice. You're also flipping a new guy at left tackle, a new guy at right tackle, like two new positions on the offensive line. So, you know, yeah, it, it bad practice can lead to Brad. You know, you practice how you play, you play how you practice. So right. that's probably a big part of it. You know, Mike, we, we try not to be reactionary, but is this the worst loss in the last three years? Not for me. Um, If we're counting 2018 as three, 2018, 2019, 20, you know, three years between 18 to 20, I would say the Rams playoff game where they just ran on us. But even before then, the Jets won to Sam Darnold is a gross loss. Uh, Minnesota, where our own guys were yelling at the coaches, like, what are you running it for? Dak is annihilating this team. 
and and it was just a stupid, you know, Jason Garrett loss. And then they blame they have Tavon Austin who's got 40 yards of space, fair catch it. And then of course our infamous uh Ravens, where I just I went defensive tackle rant crazy on the podcast for like eight to twelve minutes. That obviously affected me a whole lot. Yeah. So yeah, that those would all be above this one for me. I, I this one, I don't know. It just I think because we know the team so good, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't something where we were like, <clears throat> oh, you know, this is indicative of this, <clears throat> excuse me, of this team. So it didn't feel so bad to me. I was like, all right, they had, they had a stinker. So it happens. You know, Mike, for me, I, I do think this was our worst loss. And, you know, I, I guess I was only thinking about 2019, 2020, and then 2021. That's kind of where my, my time frame was. But, you know, you no question about it, because in 2019 and 2020, when we lost, a, we lost a lot of heartbreakers, but most of those games were close and came down to the end. And I felt like we were competitive in a lot of those losses. This right here is just we, we were never really in it. Okay. I, I think we, like – as worst loss, I think you meant like how we got beat down. And yeah, I took yeah, yeah. it as more as like worst loss, like how do I feel after the loss? You know I what I mean? You. Right. So right. yeah, if you if you're going on beat down, they beat us down pretty. I mean, it was 30 nothing with like five minutes left in the fourth. This that gets yeah. a lot of crap about garbage time stats. These were legitimately garbage time stats. Yeah, I mean Malik Turner scored two TDs. That's if that's not garbage time, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah, really. It was it was bad. It was just a bad performance. Uh, you know, so so which side of the ball do you feel which side of the ball do you feel had the worst game? I'm gonna have you start on this one. Which side do you think had the worst? I mean, it's gotta be offense for me, Mike. You know, Mike has saved the day for the defense, but the guys in offense, they they should be embarrassed. I mean, they're no everybody was out of sync. You know, Amari's dropping balls, CD's dropping balls, Dak can't can't hit anybody. It's just, you know, we saw what still happened with Steele on Jonathan Cooper versus Terrence Steele. It's just, man, they couldn't get anything going. Even even Zeke, I mean, I know he had, I believe, 75 total yards, but gosh, we just, it felt like we were never, ever close to having a, a, a scoring drive in the first three quarters. Yeah, I, um, it's crazy because I honestly, in my notes, I'll read you exactly what I put on my notes. I honestly don't know. So take the opposite of Paul <laughs> just to make the argument. I mean, I just couldn't, neither of them, they both played so poorly. Like um, it's, it's not, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, I feel like the, the side of the ball that, uh, that, that Dallas played against is Vic Fangio's specialty. So mm-hmm. they had the harder thing going in, you know, the, the two offensive linemen switch, uh, uh, Dax coming back, Lamb and Amari and them are all, you know, beat up. So maybe I didn't expect them to not do anything, but I, but I wasn't surprised that they had some trouble versus a Vic Fangio defense. On the other end, I'm like, yeah, Teddy Britt, like, you know, you just stopped Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook and, uh, and uh, Adam Thielen to nothing. And Broncos offensive line had like, like two starters left on it. And Bridgewater is not great. And, you know, they just kind of got pushed around. Now, if I, if, if I'm being honest, I do think it is the offense because they're so, they're the one that carries this team. Yeah. The defense is 
a bad per play run defense, but they're like a top 10 run defense and total rush yards allowed because the offense is so good. They get ahead and the other team can't run, but per play, the run defense is bad per pass. The the pass defense is, is not great because again, teams at the pass so much. So, you know, you expected the, the offense to play better, but man, that they, they both played bad. I, I have more of an excuse that I'm going to go into uh, coming up about the, de- the, the, the defense and why it played so bad. Whereas the offense is like, kind of like, well, they had two tackles out. Dax rusty. The wide receiver group was wounded. So I'll st- I think I'd go offense too. You know, I think I would, but man, it's close. Both sides played so poorly. You know, I was listening earlier to Brian Broaddus and he was saying that, you know, a lot of people were talking about how good of a game Micah Parsons had. He thought that LVE was the best player on defense. And he actually thought that while Micah had a lot of splash pay- plays that Micah made a lot of mistakes yesterday. Is that something that you saw as well? Uh, it, yeah, and matter of fact, I have him as one of the things from uh, views from the sidelines. Okay, but, okay. To, but but just to back you up there, I will say he he had a a a bad man. It's hard to it's hard to say. He had, he looked bad a lot of plays. Yeah, but he was also the most impactful defender out there. Also. And that's kind of what I'm going to allude to later when we get to uh, from the sideline. Yeah, well, you know, I, I know how you feel about Brian Broaddus. I imagine you know how I feel about him. So whenever he says something like that, of course, you know, it makes us want to rethink how we feel about something. Well, yeah, because I uh, I honestly, I watched him twice. I thought LBE wasn't really that great. But I understand what he's saying about Parsons. Par- Parsons. Yeah. I, I put that in the notes for later. I made sure to put, like, Parsons didn't have a great game, but, and, right, and right. well, that's a little tease for you guys. So do you feel that uh, Denver gave teams a blueprint on how to beat us? No, because, one, it was New England's blueprint, first of all. Let's just get that right out of the way. This was what New England did, and they kind of did a variation on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to look at it this way. Uh, is another team going to play us without Tyron? Is Dak and Collins going to be first starting back the first time for however many weeks? Is Steele going to have his first game at left tackle? Uh, Amari, a hamstring and foot injury. Lamb, a ankle injury. Uh, Gallup out with a calf injury. <clears throat> and then um, I'll get down to the uh, to the defense. Uh, there, there's some things that we're going to talk about later about the uh, about the defense when we discuss Brent Urban. So, yeah, there's some there's th- this isn't a blueprint. Not not many teams are going to be able to do that. There, I don't think that'll happen again this whole year. I'll say that. It's funny, Mike, just to think about all the injuries we've had to deal with and for this team to be six and two. Of course, we got our butts kicked yesterday. But, you know, you just saying that about Collins, about CD, about Amari, about Dak and then about, uh, you know, Steele and Tyron. I mean, God, the Cowboys have had to go through a lot of things just to get to six and two. Just wait, wait, wait. Two more questions. We're going to get into this. Yeah, you know, just just going back to the the Denver give teams a blueprint on how to beat us. I think Dak said it best, but if teams want to test Dak and dare him to throw the ball, be my guest. Oh, yeah. He he missed like four touchdowns, like touchdown passes that just not that he missed all of them, 
But I mean, he the the one to lamb and him, like I said, was a timing thing. But he missed another one to lamb. Um, he, he threw the ground ball into the ground when we were, you know, inside the 30 yard line. If he just completes that pass to Cedric Wilson, I have no doubt we're going to go get points. Right. So, you know, it just, it, it, it happened, you know, it was one of those games This is weird. Let's just look at week nine because guys remember the Cowboys, they, they got their butts kicked, but look at what happened to the Buffalo bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, look out for that in my upcoming article, What We Learned. Okay. And it talks about not just Buffalo and Jacksonville, but um, it has, uh, man, I'm trying to, I had, I had some other ones that were in there. Uh, Miami goes into New England and wins in week one and then loses seven straight games. Like right, into right. New England week one. You know, and, and there was another one, the Jets upsetting like Tennessee or something. It was like, there's just games that you're like, what? How the hell did that happen? Mm-hmm. It's it's, it's I mean, how team it's how you lose in elimination polls, because you're like, just pick the team that's playing the Jets, and you know that's going to be a. And you're like, what? You know, so it 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 happens. It's it's not as like it's the sky's not falling. You know, let us not forget that last week Cooper Rush did win a, his first career start on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and no, look, none of us thought that was happening. Not really. None of us were like, oh, yeah, he's going to go in and beat Minnesota with Dalvin Cook. And Cousins was killing up to that point. Like, we destroyed him now. But then he came back and had another good game. Like, mm-hmm. he was playing good football, and, and the defense was just on it. Yeah, when, when we hear NFL players and coaches say, hey, we just we, we take it week by week, I mean, really, that's what you got to do in this league. Yeah, any given Sunday. There's a reason Absolutely. that's such a thing. Where does that rank for you as far as football movies go? Oh, that might be my number one. Oh, wow. Okay. I love any given Sunday. I, I love, well, you know what? Maybe the program. I do love Alvin Mack in the program. God, that is, that's a really great movie. Not Never character, even heard of it, that. The program, we talked about it before I, I when we were doing best sports movies or something like that in our top five yeah, yeah. something. Yeah. James Kahn plays the coach of a college and the quarterback's going for the Heisman, but he has a drinking problem and it has like this rookie hotshot running back is, is like having a rivalry with the veteran and, and they're both after the same girl. And, and then there's this character named Alvin Mack, who's just, he is like, an, like Ray Lewis, like just an unbelievable murderer linebacker, but mm-hmm. he didn't take school seriously. He was like a first overall pick guaranteed. So he paid people to do school for him. He did this and that. And some lineman cheap shots him and wrecks his leg and his career's over. And I, and I like the rest of the movie, but the movie kind of ends there for me because I love Alvin Mack so much. But every scene that Alvin Mack is in, because he's just talking crap. Like, you're the one that shot my mother, didn't you? And the running back's like, man, you know I never knew your mother. All scared, like eyes wide. It, man. He plays that so good. Overall, any given Sunday is probably my first. Though. Yeah, I kind of want to check out the program. It sounds like a good movie. It's great. I highly yes, Halle Berry, Omar Epps, James Caan. You'll know the actor that plays Alvin Mack too. You'll see him okay. and you'll go, "Oh, I know that guy." You know, you'll you'll you'll. Have you ever seen Necessary Roughness? Oh, man, I, I know the name, but it's not it's not ringing a bell. 
Well, it don't matter. Anthony's going to get mad at us. Back to football. <laughs> Cowboys you football. Know, yes, sir. Well, you know, we, we saw still have, have quite the uh, quite the performance that we were kind of were, were thinking he'd have a right tackle. Do you think this is still his first and last game at left tackle? I don't. And in the press conference, McCarthy already kind of said, like, <laughs> I just need some more reps at left tackle. And if you go mm-hmm. – if you look at him at right tackle, like everybody gives him credit because he shut out Joey Bosa. He didn't allow any sacks, but his bad play, like overall, he's um, allowed eight pressures and six hurries in at, at right tackle, no sacks. Well, six of his eight pressures and five of his six hurries were in the first three games, two of his last three games, no hurries, no pressures. So as he gets time, He'll get better there. It's not going to be great, but he'll get better. They'll be able to, as as Dak and the, and the offense gets more inclined, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll just do the same thing they did when he was on the right side early. Quicker trigger, you know, better plays, uh, uh, faster plays, better set plays. So they'll help him out a little bit more. He'll be fine. And obviously, you know, playing next to Zach Martin and playing next to Connor Williams, there's going to be some growing pains there. Yep. We're getting, we're getting into views from the sideline number two. Okay. You know, so how, how much do you think our D line is missing Brent urban, Mike, when you look at how the, the Broncos were able to, to beat us with the run, you know, it's it, the answer is badly, but I'm not going to, we all know I'm Mr. Brent urban. I'm like, I'm up there with his wife, Kate as like biggest Brent urban fans, but I'm not going to give it all to Brent urban. What, what Brent urban he kind of encapsulates an overall point that I want to make about this game. And you know how I always say, you know, these are human beings like, like that. We know they're football players. We know they're great, but they're still human beings. At some point, this amount of stacked injuries are going to catch up to you. And you think, Oh, we're off a bye week. Look how great they played in Minnesota. Yeah. But this stuff, this is not, it's, there, it's an accumulation. I told my, the person, uh, the judge that I saw when I was doing my disability, I go, listen, judge, if there was an earthquake and something collapsed and fell on you, I'm a big dude, 6'3", 230. I could lift the thing off you, even though I'm disabled. Oh, pull it up. A second time, I might be able to pull it up. My body's going to start to go the third. And after that, I'm not going to be able to do it because my body, I have neuropathy. My body don't work that way. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm saying this because the snap totals on our defensive guys, I got some key guys here on defense and I'm going to go over the snap totals with you for them. So Terrell Basham in his first uh, three games, he had 37% of snaps, a 63, the game that Randy uh, Gregory missed mm-hmm. back down to 38. Now here's his last three snap totals, 82, 66, 65 you think that think he might be worn down a little bit oh yeah how about our ricky our rookie osa odigizua he was averaging around 58 percent of snaps through the first five weeks five games his last two games 74 percent and 74 percent the two without brent urban maybe he was worn down a little bit he's a rookie they're asking a lot of them Uh gregory had 57 percent took week two off with COVID over the next three weeks, averaged in the high fifties in percentage last two games, 66%, 74%. That's the games going into Denver. 
So in the Minnesota game, if you look at it, going from the Minnesota game, Osa, Gregory, both had 74% of snaps. Basham had 65%. So maybe that, that's three of your starters on the defensive line. They may have been a little worn down. Like, they're human. I get it. You think that it starts all over like a Madden game. It doesn't. The body, you know when they said practice isn't great? It's because they were probably like, you know, I'm sore. We're playing Denver. I, I, I need to take it easy a little bit. Like, I got killed in that Minnesota game. I was up 20% about more than the snaps I normally take. How about J. Ron Curse, <clears throat> who didn't have a great game? And I know he searches his name, and he's a part of my article. And I put on there that, you know, I hope he sees it as the compliment I mean it as because he's been unbelievable. But in his career, the most snaps he's ever played, special teams and, uh, and defense combined, is 518 in a whole season. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's at 448. Wow. Or for in the last three games, he's played 100% of the defensive snaps and special team snaps. He's played in the thirties, 30% of snaps. And he wasn't moving the same. He wasn't getting out. Of, and, and that's fine. you you get tired, you wear down. And it might've been a thing where they saw Denver and said, all right, you know, you put everything into Minnesota. We got Cooper rush. We're playing monster. I don't care what you say about Denver, Judy and Sutton, and, uh, and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are excellent. They're not Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook. So they came in, and, and Minnesota had a healthier offensive line and a better quarterback up right. to that point. So they came in. They all played a heavy amount of snaps. They busted their ass, and they wore down. And, and I think that has a lot to do with what happened when the offense got off to a slow start they didn't get convert fourth downs. They gave the defense short fields and the defense was just tired. And I think that's had a lot to do with the, and then they had to go through 41 rush attempts, you know, and, and they just got beat down. So that's a lot of what I think happened. I don't, I, I think it, a part of it is, Hey, we're playing Denver, but another part of it is I'm really sore. And mm-hmm. this is a game that I think we could win even if I don't go all out crazy, you know, because I'm tired. Like there, you can't tell me Randy Gregory who hasn't played seasons like this. Like he was a, he was a situational pass rusher last year behind Alan Smith. Osa Odigizua was playing in college. What? 10 games is 2020, maybe eight games. And now they're coming in and all of a sudden the last couple of weeks, they're three fourths of the snaps they're playing. They were worn down. So, yeah, Brent Urban badly affected it, but I don't think it's just that, hey, Brent Urban goes in there and he's great. Tank's a great run defender. Neville Gallimore allows you to play Osa less so he can be more effective. Watkins has missed a couple of games. He's back now, but he had missed a couple. Hamilton was just coming up. He hadn't played. You know, it's like, I just think the team was worn down. The main cogs, the main cogs of the team – had to work the last few weeks to beat New England, to beat Minnesota, and they were worn down. Yeah, Mike, to go along with that point, you look at the time of possession. I mean, how often is it that our defense is going to be on the field for over 30 minutes? Yeah, didn't they? I think they they were on the on the field for 40. I yeah, think close they, to 40, they, I thought. They doubled us up. They had like 40 minutes, and we were at like 19. Yeah. So a lot, a lot, of, a lot of factors playing in, playing into that for sure. Yeah. Yep. 
you know, sticking with Denver, what was the Denver defense dominant or did jobs by our receivers, you know, make them look better than they were? I'll say that they, they were top, a top three scoring defense. I believe that's right. Top five, top three. I think they were third and Vic Fangio is a great coach. Now they hadn't been great versus top offenses though. Like, you know, they played jets and they played terrible teams on the games they won. So they're good. I don't know if they're dominant. I think they're really good. And, and adding in our mistakes to that made it to where they looked dominant. So I think if they were a bad defense and we played the way we played, we would have still been able to put some points up and been competitive. I think the fact that they are a solid to very good defense, adding our mistakes made them look like a dominant defense. Yeah, and you think about it, I'm sure after the Von Miller trade, they heard the people saying, well, Denver's kind of mailing it in for the season. They don't have a chance to trade away their best player. And, you know, most people not giving them a chance against the Cowboys. I'm sure that was just extra motivation for them to play the way that they did. I literally said that in our interview with Ryan O'Halloran. Yeah. I said, are they mailing it in? And, uh, yeah, evidently they are not. Jonathan Cooper looked pretty good. I mean, I know he was going up against Terrence Still, but man, he looked good. Yeah, he looked very good. He 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 dominated, and uh, I think that's part of it. You know, we've seen uh, on the right side. Uh, uh, you know, he held out Joey Bosa and people like that. And I know left's the transition, but Cooper being good had something to do with it. It wasn't mm-hmm. just Terrence Steele was god awful. He was bad. He was atrocious, but. It had to do with the guy you was playing, too. Cooper looks really good. You know, we talked earlier about injuries, and considering Amari and Lamb both are, were dealing with some injuries, do you feel that Gallup maybe should have been active? I'm going to say this, and, and I added this question in kind of so I could answer it like this. This is one that I put in there. Yeah. Because I thought about it before the game. I was like, maybe you just put him active in case. Because Lamb, after like the first drive, was out for a little bit. And we know Amari, you know, the game before in the final drive was in and out of plays, rubbing his hamstring. So I thought maybe you put him out there, even if he only plays 30% of snaps. Yeah. It would be a good idea as an emergency. But then I I said, you know what? Now I'm going to trust the staff. Before this game, the coaching staff has been basically perfect. I mean, they've had the team ready. They dealt with, we talked about it, so many injuries. They've won games without Dak Prescott. They've won games without their best defensive player. Like when uh, when people were like, why aren't they putting Collins in at, uh, at right tackle? You know, you're like, well, no, they, you know, they, they did the right move. Like Steele played good. Collins needed to work back in and get his, uh, get his rhythm and get his um, uh, wind under him. You know, he hadn't played for a long time. Same thing with Russian Dak. Everybody was like, uh, even Dan from 40 podcast, these guys are cowards. He was ready to play. We found out that, that they knew uh, Friday, Amari, Dak, and all of them knew Friday. He wasn't playing. They just did all this as a subterfuge to fool Minnesota, you know, to, to make them think, oh, Dak's just going to go. He's too much of a warrior. And Xavier Ru- uh, Woods said, so said we, we planned for Dak all week. So I'm going to trust the staff and say, nah, if he needed another week, I'm, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, you know, I don't think it would have mattered. Dak wasn't throwing the ball well anyway, so I don't see Gallup making that big of a difference, honestly. I agree, 100%.
Well, Mike, so you know you were uh, kind of teasing us earlier. Talk to us about your views from the sideline. Uh, I got three of them, and I just want to let you know the Bears just scored and can kick an extra point to take the lead with a minute 46. The Bears? So I yeah, I'm dead serious. They just oh, scored wow. right now. Uh, it was Mooney, too. But um, I just want to say that I may have a very happy person not realizing I'm on the podcast coming out here. Bears, did you see it? So just be prepared. <laughs> But um, I have uh, I have three. The first one is um, is Parsons, and uh, my my thing with him and and I gotta say this, to people, look, I I don't want an off ball linebacker, and I've said that I go the minute they put him at edge and he was killing on his pass rush, I was like, all right, I'm all in, but this guy's changed my mind on something. Even if he played only linebacker and was a blitzer. I'd still want him over the other players we got. I was wrong on that. I didn't realize how good this player was. This is a player that when his brain reaches his athletic ability, he's going to transcend. He's going to be the best. He has the chance to be the best defensive player in football, in all of football. He's that kind of level because he was bad. He was bad last game. I'm just going to be honest. He had a bad game. He looked bad in a lot of spots. In saying that, he dropped two and a half sacks, 10 tackles, three for a loss. Only one person in NFL history has had back-to-back games of 10 tackles and three, at least three tackles for a loss. Credit Bobby Belt for this, by the way. Junior Seau is the only Mm. one. Not Junior Seau as a rookie, Junior Seau, in his career, one time did it. This guy is pulling that off as a rookie. So I'm going to say this to Full Frontal Jesse, and I know Dan and Massey are going to hate it because I'm turning on them on this one. And there's other people that are uh, – uh, our boy Rich, Bodacious, Bodacious yeah. Beer, told me. Don't matter. Bodacious pulled the, uh, pulled the, uh, the Michael Jordan. When, uh, when they asked about Michael Jordan, they said, yeah, but we need a center. And the guy goes, that's fine. Draft Michael Jordan and play him at center. That's what Bo said. Bo said, I don't care what, I don't care where you play him. Draft Michael Parsons and just play him somewhere. It don't matter where he goes. When he's an edge, a defensive end, he breaks records like most pressures by any rookie defensive end ever. And it is linebacker. He tackles everything, tackles for a loss, two and a half sacks. And he didn't even have a good game. Brian Bross was right. Like you watched the all 22. He didn't know what he was doing half the time. And he still like was our most impactful player by a, by a mile. He was most impactful. Oso was pretty good too at getting in the backfield, but he was moved over. He had some splash plays, but that's, that's number one that when that guy's brain, when he starts to see a formation and know what's coming, with his athletic ability, it's over with. It's it's he is going to be one of those guys that is going to make our defense a legit. Not because our offense is great, he's going to make our defense a top ten defense just on because you can't do nothing with him. Because you could go, oh, he's right there. We got to stop him. If he knows the play, he's going to beat your guy there, or he's going to run over your guy, or he's going to cover your guy too well. Or he's going to beat the guy and get a sack. So that that's number one. Parsons, I was wrong. 
I don't give a shit what position he plays. He's one of those guys that you just draft him. He's one of them. He's one of those guys. He's Jeff, Jeff uh, Kavanaugh says, I'd rather have Micah Parsons be Vaughn Miller than Bobby Wagner. Not him, because he'll be better than Bobby Wagner, because mm-hmm. he can do more than Bobby Wagner can do. Bobby Wagner can't blitz like Parsons will. He's not as fast as Parsons is. He isn't as powerful as Parsons is. Parsons is a freak show. So credit to Full Frontal Jesse uh, and on his baby. This is to his baby. See, he can listen back to this pod. <laughs> and uh, and credit to uh, to Rich, Bodacious Beer. Parsons is the shit. Second one, Zach Martin, best offensive lineman in football. It, it, you alluded to it. It's not just what he does against his guy, but the fact that, like, Terrence Steele, I know there's a transition to left, but if you think him doing so great on the right isn't partially because he's got the greatest offensive lineman, in the game today, standing next to him, then you're crazy. It's just, it's a, it's a unit. They work together and, and having him is unbelievable. Uh, third one was, I just put quicksand. The game was quicksand. The, the mistakes just kept coming. It was like, you know, the Cedric Wilson, we talked about it. Pass on fourth down. should have been a first. The Amari drop. The next play, the ball's overthrown. The block punt that somehow hits a hand and it becomes a fumble because it's like a, on a regular punt when it passes the line of scrimmage, you know, just so many, there was stuff that there was enough stuff that it could have filled up the first six, seven games worth. And it all happened in one game. So, you know, quicksand, that's my third view from the sideline. You know, Mike, just going back to your, your thoughts on Micah. What's interesting about him is we know that he has the athletic ability, but now we're starting to see, I, I feel like that he has the desire to want to be the best in, in the, in, in football. And that was something that I, I don't want to say I was concerned about because, you know, we, there was the thought that there were some character concerns coming into the league, but knowing that, I mean, think about if he spends an off season with like a Sean Lee or DeMarcus Ware learning that kind of stuff. I mean, my goodness. He comes in at 6am with the coach. He shows he's there when the coach gets there happened multiple times it happened on game day and so he he knows that he doesn't know everything but when he does my he did something one other linebacker has done in the history of football and he did it as a rookie in his friggin eighth game and his like sixth game as a linebacker it's insane how would you feel if if michael parsons had a shory palomalu career no he'd have to be better he, really? He, yeah, because Troy Palomalu was he was good for a short burst and then became kind of a liability for a while. For the end of his career, you just target him if you, you just make him cover people. Uh Micah Parsons, man, at the position he plays, by the time he's gonna be great on athletic ability for a long time. Yeah. Then he's gonna hit a prime in like year four to eight where his athletic ability and brain all get what's going. And then by year nine, he'll still be a good enough athlete, but he'll be smart enough to make up for the little bit lack of. So barring some kind of crazy injury, knock on wood for him, you're talking, uh, you're talking, I expect him to play 12 years as just a, a monster football player. You know, I guess I thought Palomalu was, was, consistently great for 
for at least 10 years, but maybe it was just he was well received by most fans, not just Steeler fans, and he was he was well liked. So maybe I kind of let that influence it. He was great at what he could at what he did, but like if you took him out and tried to play him in the game now, he would have issues. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a era uh safety. And towards the end of his career, that you know, they started going to that. And teams were like, oh, yeah, if Troy Polamalu is on the field, we'll just get him in coverage and it's, we're going to kill him, you know. And it, it was age and it was just a new style of the game. It was the, you know, you pick out guys like that and, and you right. attack them. And uh, same with like Landon Collins was great for two years and he looked like a Troy Polamalu. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, you know, this guy never covers well. Why don't we just set him up to have to cover? And it, you know, and teams did that and now he's, you know, he's thought of as overpaid now, I think, in Washington. So maybe I was mesmerized by the hair. Hey, Paul Amal is a Hall of Famer. Don't get me crazy. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Guy was a Hall of Famer. He won Super Bowls. He was a leader on an elite defense. Yeah. Just with the game change now, you'd have to see it, you know, a different way. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, Mike, we haven't had to, uh, Used too many bad words for the Cowboys lately, but what's your one word to describe this this team's performance this week? Mortalize, to make oh, mortal. Like that. Yeah, that the players can be rusty, players can be tired, players can can need more work in a new position. You know that you know Dak was rusty. The 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 receivers were wounded. The left tackle needs more reps, and the defense was really damn tired. They're mortals. They're human beings. So the game mortalized them. That, that's great. Cause you know, mine, I just have incomplete Mike. I mean, we couldn't pick up any uh, fourth downs. We were about on fourth down this week. We, we uh, couldn't get any stops on third down or defense. It just, we, we couldn't finish anything. So I just felt like we had an incomplete performance on every, on all, in every phase of the, in every phase of the game. Yeah. They couldn't even complete a punt block. It was an incomplete punt block. So, yeah, that's a pretty good word. That was early 2000s Cowboys if I've ever seen it, Mike. Man, that was, yeah, that was peak Garrett. Oh, sickening. Uh, You know, so shout out to Full Frontal Jesse, uh, a.k.a. TurtleNuts14 on Twitter for this week's top five category. This week we'll be discussing our favorite team jerseys from every sport. So, Mike, uh, start us off. You know, top five favorite jerseys of all time. What's your number five? I did not know Full Frontal Jesse picked the topic, so he's getting double shout-outs, see? Yeah. You have a baby, you get those shout-outs. <laughs> his, his girl had the baby. He didn't do it. Yes. He did nothing. <laughs> and hopefully it looks like her and not him. God, have you seen him? Oh, man, <laughs> woof. <laughs> I got to give him shit. I just gave him all the props for Parsons. He can take a little shit. Got to bring him back down one, to earth. Yeah, my fifth one is the Niners red and, and gold jerseys. I, I oh, love really? That. Oh, I love that jersey. Even as a rivalry, when they were rivals, mm-hmm. I love that jersey. I love that that's a Cal- – when I think of California, my first thing, of course, as you guys know, is Disneyland. And then after that, it's like that that jersey is one of the things. Pittsburgh, yeah, far, far. Hey, Pittsburgh just hit a field goal with 26 seconds to go up 29-27. Wow. All right, Mike. So uh, number five on my list, it's going to be the 91 Orlando Magic, the black pinstripes. 
Oh yeah, I like that. That was uh was Shaq. Penny Hardaway. Penny was that 91? Was he there then still? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was when uh Hakeem got him, right? I think 94, yeah. So he's just starting. Yeah, that's a that's good ones. Oh, you have specific years. See, I went more general on, right. on mine. Yeah. Well, just because I mean, you're gonna you're gonna notice the theme here with my jerseys, but these jerseys change early and often, so that's why I, I was gotcha. so specific about it. Uh, so number four on my list, man, it's gonna be the uh, '95 Rockets jersey, the old school white ones that had like Houston with the red basketball and the actual rocket, like the spaceship coming out with rockets on the front. Yep, yeah. It was that was '95. Was were they the red orange or were they the white with the stripes? They they were the uh, white with the stripes. Yeah, so yours has stripes, man. You're number one. All right, you know what? We're not even gonna get into it. The so four number four. Shout out to my dad, Chicago Bears, midnight black with the orange C. Mike say if we're going specifically, they don't really change, but the Mike Singletary 50, number 50 jersey. It's it's beautiful. And my dad's a Bears fan, so that's why I love Brent Urban so much. I got to watch him all last year because my team stunk. And, uh, and, you know, I just grew up watching them along with Dallas. I just love that uniform. Does, uh, does Senor Crum, does he still rock a jersey on game days? No, hell no. He hardly, he, he, he's, especially with how they are now, he won't, he'll like switch over. Like, you know, he's not hard. Like he'll watch some if the team's not good. Like there's a chance that he thought the game was over and it's not even watching this right now. There's a good oh, okay. chance. So he, you, you won't be buying him a Justin Fields jersey this Christmas? No. He, he wears his Erlacher. He has Erlacher. He has, man, I want to say he has Willie Galt and Singletary, but you know what? He'll listen to this and he'll tell me. He'll be like, no, nah, I don't have that one or I have this one. But he has a few and he has a really nice Bears jacket. Like, awesome. The same color as the helmet. It, it's beautiful. Nice. All right, so, Mike, what's number three on your list? Number three is the Mamba Black Lakers jersey. Oh. Sickest, sickest NBA jersey in the history of the NBA. That that NBA jersey is, man. And it's and it's the one, you know, my little brother may not listen to this. It's the one I'd like to get him for his birthday, a LeBron. You know, he wants a LeBron because it's the new you know, we have the Kobe's, we have the magic, we have the worthy, we have the, we have the old school. Right. So grab a, grab a LeBron one before he goes, uh, especially since he's getting injured all the time now. now I don't know how much longer he has, but uh, yeah, I want to get him a Mamba uh, number six LeBron Jersey. So that, that, that Mamba Jersey's nice. Shout out to my boy Prescott. He he's a diehard Lakers fan, diehard Kobe fan. I mean, after Kobe passed away and after he retired, he kind of just like stopped watching the NBA. I mean, that's how much he loved Kobe. So I'm sure he appreciates that jersey as well. That man, that well, we're not going to get off on a tangent, but I remember exactly what I was doing when I found out Kobe had died, or when I heard that Kobe had died, and me and my friend were like, "It's bullshit." Like, yeah. It's Kobe Bryant's. Kobe Bryant's too. He he can't die, like mm-hmm. he can't die before he's forty years old. Nah, not Kobe Bryant. And then it like, I seriously had to like hear it like nah, legitimately on the news from multiple places. And I was like, nah, really, he's he's frigging gone. 
Mm-hmm. It, it blew my mind, man. I, I couldn't believe it. We're both Laker fans. Shit. Me and Muhammad are best friends because of Kobe Bryant and Shaq. Like really? you know, the we had known each other, but we became best friends the year we signed Shaquille O'Neal and drafted Kobe. Now we didn't know at that time what Kobe was going to be, but he saw me at orientation in high school and he knew me, but we were we knew each other. We were cool, but we weren't friend friends. And and he goes, Shaquille O'Neal. And we have, from then on, we met every lunch, talked about Lakers, got classes, uh, you know, together, hung out, ditched, started ditching, uh, uh, ruined my friend Marco Barbosa's life because he never went back to school after he ditched once. So, oh, yeah, God. That, yeah, that that Shaquille O'Neal, Corey Bryant made my best friend that I have now. We were best friends because of that. What's interesting about that, Mike, is I actually the day that Kobe passed away. I had to call, I called my boy Prescott, you know, to see how he was feeling. I had to break the news to him, dude. Oh my God. That had to have been dead. Did he like deny, like, nah, you're And he didn't believe, he didn't didn't want to believe me. He's like, nah, dude, you're joking. I'm like, come on, man. Why would I joke about that? But yeah, I had to break the news to him and he, he had a hard time accepting it. I, yeah, I was, I I just thought it was a mistake. I was like, oh, a helicopter he usually uses went down, but it's not, it's not Kobe. It, It seriously took me like, hours before i was like no really he's gone like hours yeah and then i mean then of course not just to lose kobe but then to find out that his daughter was there too it's just yeah we 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 lost the WNBA lost a lot not just kobe and the family but that kid was gonna be the thing that i think everybody watched WNBA for to see kobe's daughter because she had been built up so much and uh, let's not, oh, man, this is sadder than the, the Cowboys lost, man. I don't want to think about Kobe and DJ. Well, you know, Mike, maybe this will brighten, uh, uh, brighten your spirits here, but I, I know you remember the Vince Carter dunk contest. Well, actually, you know what? He wasn't wearing this jersey. Dang it. I was going to say, but you remember the Vince Carter ju- uh, dunk contest, right? Of course. Greatest of all time. Well, number three, it's going to be the 90s Toronto Raptors. Again, with the pinstripes, the purple with the Raptor on it and the Toronto up top and the banner. Oh Lord, dude. I love the NBA jerseys, bro. I swear to God, if you're, if, Oh my God, if you do not have this Jersey in there with your theme, I'll be so mad. That's your three. That's okay. So number two, Mike, you, <laughs> I think you're going to be mad at me. It's got to be the 93 oh. Anaheim mighty ducks, the white boy. The Anaheim. Oh yeah. The mighty ducks. Well, I'm from California, man. So it's, it's, you know, that's, uh, that's that I know that one that first of all, the movie, of course, so that makes it iconic. And Absolutely. then I'm from California. So, you know, I love that Jersey, but I'm surprised it's up there. Is there, there was one of them that did have pinstripes. Is it that one that you're talking about? For what? For the mighty ducks. Cause I know. Okay, there was one that they had at one time where they had some stripes running through it. So I thought maybe that was, you know, you were continuing the theme. Are you a fan of the hockey sweaters? The hockey sweaters? You know, like the what they wear when they play games, their jerseys. Uh, no, I don't, I don't much watch hockey. I like the Penguins because I like, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, I really like him. Can't remember his name. I, I keep Did thinking. Huh? Crosby? Crosby, Crosby, of course. So yeah. I followed them because I love Crosby, but I'm not, I don't watch too much hockey. Dude, they make it impossible to watch anyway. 
Yeah, it's hot, man. Baseball and hockey. I used to watch them all, but baseball and hockey or even, even like right now, basketball, like, I don't know. I just don't watch it as much. I love football, but there's so many games that like, like right now, I don't even have Laker game on. I'm going to switch it over right now. Look at me. That's what I'm talking about. Hornets started out. Hornets Lakers started an hour ago. That's my team. And I forgot an hour in that, you know, it's 5250 and I just friggin' put it on. I'm going to put it on 4k too. It's, it's too early to be watching NBA, man. Yeah. It's after Christmas when you go and then LeBron's already hurt, you know, he's out for a month and you know, it's, I haven't even started. Watch, I haven't watched one Mavs game and you know, I love Luca. I saw that yeah. last second shot, but I didn't watch the game. Right. Right. Mike, what's number three? What's number two on your list? Cowboys. Of course. I prefer the white, but I don't care which one you give me because it's about the helmet. For the Cowboys, oh, man, yeah. it's about that helmet. So absolutely, I prefer the white, I believe. Yeah, the white would be the one I'd go with. So Cowboys, helmet, whatever jersey you want to put in there. I love the ones with the stars uh, on there, like the Thanksgiving ones. Those are nice. You, you can put any of those up there. I love that Cowboys one. All right, well, Mike, what's number one on your list? That's the pinstripes. Obviously, uh, the Yankee pinstripes are clearly the number one jersey of all time. Hello, have you not watched Catch Me If You Can? Of course, watching the pinstripes. So yeah, the pinstripe, the Yankee pinstripes are my are my all time favorite. Even though I just destroyed baseball. You know, I tried to include a baseball one on here, but I was like, you know, I like the hats more than I actually like the the shirts. Hats are better. The hats are better than the shirts, but I'm putting the, I don't care. The Yankee pinstripes, they have to be, they have to be number one. They're literally referenced in movies and everything. It's all about those pinstripes. Mike, number one for me, Dallas Cowboys, the Thanksgiving jerseys. See? Yeah. I like those little stars, little mix of white and blue. So you get a mixture of them. That's probably my number two because it's a mix. It's a mix up. Mm -hmm. They're beautiful. They really are. Well, you know, Mike, the the, uh, the topic this evening wasn't very fun, but as always, I enjoyed the, the discussion. Yeah, I know. We had to talk about a loss, but it's going to happen. They're going to lose a couple more games, guys. Maybe they won't, but if they probably will. So, you know, we're going to have to talk about it. And these games happen. It was, you know, we see them again. We'll see. We'll Let's play them in the Super Bowl. Works for me. Make it all the way to the Super Bowl, Denver. We'll see what happens. If we're going to be humbled, let us let's be humbled in week eight or week by an AFC opponent. Exactly. Yep. So yeah, I I agree. Wake us up. Well, Micah, I hear the dogs barking, man. Let's get you out of here. Let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. (laughs) At CD Piglet, guys. Letter C, letter D, Piglet, nice and easy. They're Papa's home. That's why. (laughs) Guys, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We'll see you guys next week.